three mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 70. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And Ruth, I'm glad to see you again from afar. I know. We are from afar again. Yeah. I'm missing our runs. I'm glad you've been running a little bit with your dog. <laughs> yeah. I had to take a survey today online for a friend who's doing a faculty meeting and wanted to have a family feud survey. Yeah. It was like, how much weight have you gained during the quarantine? That was one of the questions. But- I'm like... Who who asks? Who gets on the scale when yeah. you're quarantined at home with jelly beans and Easter candy? <laughs> yeah, right. And ice cream. Not this girl. And lots of baking. So hopefully, I don't know will be the number one answer on that question. That's funny. Well, I've been. I did run Saturday. I did. I've been doing this thing just to get myself out the door, which is on Saturdays for my long run. I've been doing instead of run every street, run every trail, and I'll pick a new park to go to and by myself run see if i can make a map and run every single like trail um every like every little piece of it and it's it's a math problem you know like to try to not double back on yourself or to try to double back on yourself as least as possible as little as possible and not get lost in the woods yeah this particular place i went did not have a very good well i I think the problem was that there were more trails than were actually marked (laughs) on the map and so I didn't I didn't get them all because it was cool. kind of a hot mess of a f- map. Anyway, today we're going to talk about Ed Puzzle and Ruth's going to talk about fraction division and then whatever else might come up today. Whatever else might come up. Yep. So, do you want to start with Ed Puzzle? Did you have a question or you have a thing to no, share? I actually had never heard of Ed Puzzle. Okay. And was in a math meeting and one of the teachers was like, "Oh, it's how I make quote unquote my students watch my videos because they log into Edpuzzle and you put your video there. You can make it or you can download one from YouTube that someone else made. Okay. And you push pause and put a question and they have to answer the question before they can go, before they can push play again. So my fraction division question I took and did, I don't know, um, four questions but it was only like eight minutes of the video so all of those times when i'm like and then do this one and then do this one they can't fast forward it they have to answer it and it goes right into google classroom so it'll just tell me they got 75 percent, which is three out of the four questions i ask them um and it's not counting as a test grade it's just counting as did you do it did you really watch the video so hopefully It's going to turn out great. The other part of this was that the teacher said she had absolutely no questions from her students. Like, Edpuzzle doesn't work and I can't get the video to upload. Because I had trouble with my Loom videos the week before. And it's because kids didn't have, like, high-speed internet. So uh, someone said, well, if you take them off of Loom and download them onto your computer and then put them in your Google Drive and then send a link to Google Drive. Ay, ay, ay. For some reason, that doesn't take as much internet. And students were able to access them that way. Wow. So 
in an effort to not have to do that every time, I am trying Edpuzzle. And I only did it for one day. And today was the day. And I got two students who texted me and was like, this doesn't work. But they were logged in on a computer where there were two Google accounts. Okay. And they weren't in the right account. So it just said, ask your teacher to put you in this class, mm-hmm. when in reality you were trying to log in as your sister. So so that was a little bit of glitches, but. Well, two out of all of your students, like 100, right? That's not bad. Well, it's also not due until Sunday. Like yeah. this is the <laughs> day that Mrs. E thinks you should do it. Right. But uh, students, no, they haven't really been following it. Like, yeah. They're only in sixth grade. They're 12 years old, and I'm still getting, like, Sunday at 11.59. Submit, oh. submit, submit, submit. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, <laughs> so I have I have a question about that and then a comment. One is, tell me about the, the login process, like, on your end or their end, because one of the things I'm hearing from teachers as, you know, you like, on online, you see people like, can you suggest blah, 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 but please don't make it another login. So I'm wondering how hard the login process well, is. Well, for me, because my school has an account, which I think my school got an account during this COVID-19 okay. setting, I literally just said, this is my name and this is my school. And I don't want to tell you my phone number and I don't want to tell you my email and I don't want to make a password. So I'm just in there and I have access to all of the teachers in my school as well as anything on YouTube. Okay. Um, And the students are supposed to be in Google Classroom and click a link and it takes them right to the video. Wow. They're not supposed to have any additional login. Well, that sounds good then. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as the week progresses, I will see and yeah. if it turns out great then i'll probably won't talk about it again but if it's hot mess, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny <laughs> it feels like the things that are not um, working are the things we talk about just yeah. in life in general yep no kidding i will say that i've used it once um for pd i wanted to do a um lesson on rounding and how to use specifically like the very beginning of rounding and how to use a number line for rounding instead of using the rounding rules like go next door, raise the floor, whatever. Um, And so I recorded myself teaching with the number line sort of instead of explaining, I just recorded myself teaching it to two kids and then put the Edpuzzle or put that video into Edpuzzle and made stopping points where sometimes I would maybe explain something by by typing it like they the teacher would have to read it or sometimes I would ask questions or put you know different kinds of just different things and then at the end I could go in and see I guess they must have logged in with their Google also because I don't think it was they needed to do much to get an account in there but then I could go in and see the results and that's how I gave them points for doing their professional development. Like we have a point system. So they were able to, it was totally optional, but if they watched it, I knew they were, they did it because they got all the way in and they would have an answer for every single question. So it was a a cool way to have accountability um, that, that I needed to enable, be able to put their points in. Right. And you have, it's fairly simple. Like you can give them a multiple choice or you can give them a short answer. Yeah. Or you can just write notes and they have to push pause and they have to read what the note said 
not necessarily interact with it. Um, and then Google Class or Edpuzzle is very much like Google Classroom when it comes to grading. Yeah. So you would have to go back and say plus. But I did learn something cool about Google Classroom, which I didn't know. Okay. If I'm grading a form and I go to the question and I actually click question, it tells me every student's answer and I can quickly scroll down and say, yes, count it, yes, count it, don't count it, don't count it. So all those, like the answer's three and a half and you wrote three and a half dollars or you wrote three with space, space, one half. Yeah. I can quickly see all of those and accept them instead of having to do the Excel spreadsheet, which is what I was doing. Cool. And change the grades myself. Google Classroom will change the grades based on what I say I would accept. Wow. Um, so that was a fun thing that I learned. I haven't used it enough recently enough to. So that's in like text box where they just type in their answer? Like in a form? Yes. Mm -hmm. Anytime it's a short answer question. But in the past, I've downloaded it to an Excel spreadsheet and then I've sorted the data by this box and then tried to find all the ones that matched. <laughs> Tell me again where you were doing this in a in a Google form or in inside Google Classroom? No, in a Google form that the students so it my Google form is attached to my classroom. Okay. Yeah. And they it was their test. They took the test and I found out that I don't have to look at a spreadsheet yeah. and change the grade Cool. Myself, I can quickly just go and Google Classroom will change the grade. When you have the form set up as a quiz, you oh. can create the form from Classroom, and in the form you tell it that this is a quiz, and it turns on like gives you the where to put the right answer and for open response. I haven't seen this this feature, but it's probably only available when you have it turned on as a quiz. Then you can scroll down. I know that you can go question by question and see what everybody entered. I haven't seen this feature, but you go question by question and then you scroll down and you can, you know, choose whether it's correct or not. So that's how you did it. You had a quiz, a form. Well, that's how I'm going to do it. Okay. You know, I found out after I had hand graded all the other <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. <laughs> you know, there's, you're learning so much and I, I don't know. I said this last week, but I'm just going to come back to, there are things that you're learning right now that you're being forced to learn that, that you're going to use next year. Yeah. You know, when we, when that was our faculty meeting today, our principal was like, tell me something that you're going to change or something that you're going to do because of what you're doing. And one of the teachers said, Google classroom is something that we could use in our middle school classroom for quiet students to interact because mm. students who would never raise their hand during a number talk or try to attempt to a riddle or something that there's no, like you don't have to do it, it's not required, but I'm gonna put this out there. They're free to do it. Um, we have a middle school student that I taught last year who's in seventh grade and he just got student of the month so we're still honoring kids at home. But the sixth grade teachers were like, what? And apparently since he's been home, he's interacting with his teachers like, hey, I think this poetry unit is really cool. I love learning about poems. But he is like way too cool to ever say that in class wow. in front of his friends. Huh. And with the fear of the teacher saying, Drew thought this was really cool, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're at home and your teacher's not going to share that, 
I don't know. It's just been pretty cool yeah. to see different personalities of kids coming out. Awesome. So, we've seen that stuff we're going to learn. Even at the college level, students who are taking to this format better and connecting better and staying engaged through whether it's through writing comments or, hmm. um, you know, it's, I'm not going to get into my, my whole philosophy. You know, online education is a, is a fit for some students and is not for others. And if a student's never had the opportunity to use an online course and then all of a sudden they get it, the, you know, there are some students who are going to do better this way. And it's, and it's interesting to see them come out and, and flourish where they may not have they they're just sitting at a desk. Yeah. Um, this isn't on the on the agenda, but I gotta tell you two things I'm excited about. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have much to share, but then I realized oh I do have two tiny little things to share mm -hmm. this week. And that is that I got invited to participate in a third grade teacher's Zoom on Thursday with her class. Oh, and we're yeah. gonna do two estabisteries from Steve Wyborny. Have you used those before? I haven't. Do you know what they are? I do. So I'll, I just... I'll explain in case in case somebody has it. You don't, I don't know. know. You okay, can well tell me. I tell you, Jay. <laughs> um, so an estimistery is estimation and like a mystery put together. <laughs> I did get that. Yeah, much. and he has a ton of them, like over fifty, maybe over a hundred. I don't know that he's created different levels. And what you do is you see an image to start, and you're trying to guess how many. You're trying to estimate how many is how many it is. Usually it is. I don't know if it's always, but all the ones I've seen are like a clear container and then a lot of little things in the clear container. And so we're looking at one that's like plastic kazoos. So you say your guess of how many, your estimate of how many you think they are. And then he starts giving clues one at a time. And there are five clues. And the idea would be that in person, you are crossing off numbers that it can't be. So the one, the kazoo one, it says the first clue is it's an even number less than 60. So if you had a hundred grid, then you would cross off all the odd numbers because it couldn't be odd and you'd cross off 60 and above. So now you're looking at what's left and then you get another clue and it causes you to cross off some more and some more and some more. And then you get down to the last clue. And the cool thing is he's writes them so that not every single number is eliminated. There might be four or five numbers left, but based on then what you see, you're able to say, I, you're able to justify, well, I can count 20 of them and I know I can't see them all. So I know it can't be 18. I know it's got to be 28 or something right. like that, you know? Um, so we've picked out two that we're going to do and we were trying to work out like, okay, how do you do the look at the image, but also have a hundreds grid at the same time to refer to? Cause that's an important part of this, especially if they've never done it before. And it's mm -hmm. not like we can count on them to have one in person. So we edited a little bit to like make in between slides with the um, hundred grid that we were going to do. Um, so you're in between slides in a PowerPoint, or what we are you we did there? all his his documents are in PowerPoint, but we we converted it to a Google slide, and then okay. it's like give a clue, have the see the hundred grid, see something change on the hundred grid after the kids tell us what to change, then get another clue, then see the hundred grid, see something change on it like that. Okay. Um, That's cool. And then we're going to, we're feeling pretty ambitious. We're going to try breaking up into two groups and creating one together. Like I'll take half the class and she'll take half the class and we're going to try making one. So what does that mean? Take half the class? Like in Zoom. Zoom, like using small group and breaking up into small groups and I, and half of them will go in my small group and half of them will go in her small group. Zoom calls okay, it breakout so rooms. 
like they'll click another link? No. I don't actually know how it works. We're going to practice. On the bottom of the Wednesday. Zoom screen, there's a button mm -hmm. that says breakout rooms. You may not have it. We're using Zoom right now. Um, and I can click it as the leader and I can assign rooms manually or I can just say, you know, right now I only have one participant other than me. So I can't. Um, so I can't, you know, assign you into several rooms. But if I had 20 people, I could say. I want to assign everybody into two rooms and it would just split them up automatically. And then you would only, as a participant, be able to see the people who are in your group? Right, right in yeah. your breakout room. Cool, and then right? you can come back together? Yes. Wow. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> That's how all my... Um, like my math specialist courses where we used that breakout. I mean, it was in Blackboard, but we used it all the time. And it, it, I do remember realizing like, this is kind of mind blowing, <laughs> like how you can just randomly go into another room and then you're back into this room. It's cool. Um, yeah. I'm, so I have a Zoom every day at noon or every Wednesday at noon. Um, and I usually have like 22 kids who come. Yeah. But it would be fun if we could like accept – I don't know if I'd get in trouble if there wasn't an adult. In I, that I do worry room. about that, like that we're going to only do it because I'm going to hopefully be in one and she's going to be in the other. Yeah. And that's completely random. Well, no, I did you can manually arrange it or you can randomize it. It depends hmm. on how much time, like if you already have groups set up in your room, you can go in there and set the groups up. Or if it doesn't matter, it's just a quick like, all right, break up and talk about this. You can just have it split um, automatically assigned to two rooms or three rooms or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. The other thing I'm going to do with her on the following Tuesday is she's having a virtual um, variety show, and I'm going to be one of, one of the guest variety people. I don't know. Um, what are you going to do? What I don't know. Do? I haven't decided whether I'm going to do juggling or maybe some sort of math magic trick. You know, one of those like forced answer question things. Right. Does anybody have any hmm. other ideas? A talent that I have? Those are my I don't only. Know. Those I are... think your juggling's pretty cool. Okay. Especially if you juggle something other than just like tennis balls. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to practice though and like set up my, <laughs> where I'm going to set it up so they can still see what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got till Tuesday to figure that out. Um, <laughs> Okay, so let's talk fraction division, friend. Okay, one more really cool thing that I learned. Oh, yes. My husband had an email that he had composed, and he asked me to edit it. And I wanted to copy and paste it into a text message and send it to myself because I couldn't edit on his phone. Okay. Well, I got it completely copied and then in, or completely highlighted, and instead of copying it, I deleted it. <sighs> yeah, and I was on his phone. Oh. So I and he was completely cool son. with that, right? What? You already know this. No. You just shake it. What? Oh, like undo you on a cell phone. What you the shake heck? your cell phone, and that's like undo. Yeah. The email came back. I would have never thought about that, but I have shaken my phone by accident, and it says, do you want to undo that typing? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have thought about that either. I had forgotten that was the, the case. Huh. Okay, I'm going to have to try that. Now, yeah. we use iPhones. So for those of you out there with a Samsung Galaxy. Oh, right. Don't I don't know if it works. Check it with something not important first. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's pretty cool, Ruth. Okay. Thank you. So that's pretty cool. Okay. So fraction uh, division. 
fraction division. Um, I feel like as a math teacher, it is so important for students to understand what fraction division is before you ever say KFC or KCF or stay switch flip or whatever cute little song you have for them KFC? to remember. KFC? Keep um, what? And wait, what does she mean? I, all I know is the chicken place. Keep change flip is very often KCF and it's you can find it on teachers pay teachers inside a chicken bucket like KFC. Oh. But it's not KFC, it's just KCF. It's keep change flip, but you could flip the division sign to a multiplication sign and change okay. the fraction to its reciprocal if you wanted it to be KFC. Okay. All right. Okay. Carry on. But the whole point of that is why do you do it? And for a really long time, I didn't know why. And about three years ago, um, I don't, I think it was a Sweetbriar like math thing that I went to at Sweetbriar College. And I remember learning why you needed the reciprocal. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to have my kids model these problems and we're going to talk about why you need this. And as the students were creating models, like how many thirds are in three and how many two thirds are in two and one third, whatever, building them with fraction bars, then we would have all of the division signs up on the board. And I will never forget, David raises his hand and he says, it looks like you could just divide across the top and divide across the bottom. And I'm like, oh, that might work on this one, but that doesn't always work. And he says, well, it looks like on the ones that it doesn't work, Missy, you could just find common denominators and then it would. Wow. And he's absolutely correct. Every single fraction division problem, you create, you, if you made it like fractions greater than one, so you convert your mixed numbers, and then you find common denominators, every single fraction division problem can be solved like that. And now he's teaching sixth grade math. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you think about it, when you find common denominators, and then you were to flip that fraction, those common denominators would make a one. You'd be able to divide them out. So can we can we do some examples? Because I yeah. hear you and I understand that it works, but I want to see, I want to match them like some sort of model or context with this, what you're telling okay, me. Okay, so do let's do three and a half divided by two thirds. Okay. So we're answering the question, how many sets of two-thirds are in three-and-a-half? Okay. Okay. So convert three-and-a-half to seven-halves. Okay. And then divide it by two-thirds. And now we're going to rename it to have a common denominator of six, like okay. you would do if you were adding them, right? Okay. So instead of seven-halves, now we're going to have 21-six okay. divided by... Four six. Okay. Okay. So, so look what that question if, says. It says twenty one six divided by four six. And your answer is twenty one fourths. So you read across the top twenty one divided by four and you write that as a fraction twenty one divided by four. Twenty one fourths. Okay. Okay. That's the answer to the division problem. Okay. 
But now let's think about if you did all of that with models, what it would look like. Okay. Is that possible? Ooh. It is possible. So I would start based on what I told my students this year, this last week when they were making models. I had previously chosen their questions, so they weren't quite this hard. <laughs> but we would count by two-thirds. That was my... Um, that was the strategy that a lot of them used. We drew two-thirds, four-thirds, six-thirds. And we have to go until we get to five and one-fourth. So if you skip count by two-thirds until you get to five. Hold on a second. Why wouldn't you go until you get to three and a half? I'm sorry. I was totally looking at the answer. You're right. You're right. You're I was right. about to I'm say. Sorry. You were not even listening. You were over there clicking on some sort of Ed puzzle. <laughs> I got all the answers once we get back from this thing that I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. By the so... way, if hold on. Can you hear me? <laughs> she like sort of stops sometimes. <laughs> if you, if you, I would just recommend that if you're listening, I, th I think you're going to learn a lot more if you write it down. <laughs> So, because I, like Jay said, if, if you're not, it's easy to get lost in this. So go back, write it down, and then stay with us. Okay, go. Right. And if I would have known Tracy was going to ask me to model it, I would have picked us better Wait, one. Wait, how long have you known Tracy? I know. And you thought she wasn't going to ask for some proof? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so... I'm at three and one third. I've made it to three and one third, and that's taken me five. By counting by... I skip counting by two thirds. All right, hold on. Let me write it out. Two thirds, four thirds, six thirds, eight thirds, ten thirds. Mm -hmm. Is that where you are? Is that what you yes. said? Yes. That's three and a third. Okay. Now what? So, well, now I'm at three and a third, and I have to get to three and a half. Uh, mm. I was gonna, I was gonna go a different route with this whole modeling okay. plan. I mean, you I know you're me you're not the one teaching me here, but <laughs> I, I would have done. I would have tried something else. I would have tried drawing three and a half, and for whatever reason, I'm feeling. Well, no, I'll do a bar model because that's kind of how you're working. So I'm gonna draw three and a half bars. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make that last one like kind of halfway in the second half of it like dotted. So it's not really there. Okay. So then the next thing we did was change it into a mixed number. So I'm going to split all of them in half. So now I can see my seven halves going across. Okay. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, then you changed it into six. So you – that you – split each one of those pieces into three more pieces. So I'm going to do that across. And then now I can see 21 of these pieces going across. I've got 6, 12, 18, 19, 20, 21. And now instead of looking for groups of two-thirds, I'm looking for groups of four-sixths. 
Okay. So I'm going to circle a group of four, six, one. And I'm going to go across and circle how many groups of four, six I can in there. Two. Three. Are you at the three? Mm-hmm. Okay. Four. One, two, three, four, five. So I can, I have five whole groups. And then I've got one tiny little piece left over. Which is a fourth of, of the piece I'm looking for. Right? So I can see five whole groups. Yes. And one fourth. Where's the 21? Oh, wait, no. What's the answer again? Five. Yeah, 20, five and one fourth. Okay. Five and one fourth. Okay. What do you think of that? So I think what I tell my students is that sometimes it's easier to model them because you can see that model in your head. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions to uh, tomorrow, I think, it, the question is six-eighths divided by two. And they have to answer it, but then they have to write back to me and tell me the best way or the easiest strategy to do. And I'm really hoping they're going to say, well, six-eighths divided by two is three-eighths instead of I've, you know, put a one under it and turned it over and flipped it and simplified it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of my, how I've had to present it to parents too, because I purposely spent a whole week on we're going to model a division problem and I'm going to show you this strategy and we're going to model another division problem and I'm going to show you this strategy. And I had a student who was like, are you going to show us keep change flip? <laughs> and I said to her, because I saw her mom kind of in the side of the video, I said, I absolutely am. And you can use it right now if you can tell me why it works. Do you know why you keep change flip? And she was just like, got these great big eyes and looking yeah. at me. It was like, you're Bird. not in trouble at all because that's absolutely correct. But my job as a teacher is to make sure you understand it. And yeah. so I'd really like for you to go slow with me so you have a solid understanding. Yeah. <laughs> is the mom in the background like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. Her mom, her mom obviously wasn't showing her face. Yeah. She just wanted to know that she had already taught her daughter yeah. and her model the chocolate chip question that I had last week, yeah. this particular student's model, she just wrote a division problem and wrote the answer. I'm like, yeah, that's not really what the question was. Yeah. The question was, what's it, how do you model it? So I, I, can, I can make sense out of the changing, making common denominators. I can see where that works because you're like making them broken up into the same kind of pieces that you want to find within the big within the dividend but can okay. we try one where we're modeling um what it looks like to divide the numerators and divide the denominators okay so i'm gonna go to my assignment that i gave my students and find a problem that <laughs> um that works <laughs> that works I did four and three sixth, which I know you would convert to four and a half, and it really doesn't. But just stay with me. Four and three sixth divided by one and a half. 
Ooh, Jay's even writing this one down, I think. I'm not doing math. I'm coming up with titles. Oh, okay. <laughs> so when you convert this to an improper fraction, you have 27 six divided by three halves. Okay. Okay, so this isn't a good example either because there you go, 27 six divided by three halves. 27 divided by three is nine and six divided by two is three. And the answer is three. Why isn't that a good example? Because it was a whole number. I mean, maybe you can, maybe this one will work. Let's try a model for it. Is that okay. what you're saying? I am doing it now. Yeah. Are we going to, good. Are we going to do the same like tape diagram kind of thing? Is that the way to show uh -huh. it? So I'm going to do draw four. Is this, the, yeah. is this really called a tape diagram? Is that what we're doing? Or am I using that word wrong? I have never called it a tape diagram, but. Oh, what are you calling it? Uh, just a fraction bar model. Okay. Like a linear model. Okay, let's do that. All right, so I've drawn four bars and a half of a bar, but I'm gonna divide each one of them into six because that's what they're starting broken into. Okay. And that last one is broken into three, and then there's nothing on the end. I lost track of where my lines are. <laughs> there's so many. Okay. Then I'm looking for, well, where I can see 27 parts going across. What does the divided by three step look like? Wouldn't you... Nine. make groups of three maybe all right let's try it one so i'm going to circle three of those six at a time mm -hmm. okay one two yeah two four six eight yeah i got nine circles growing across all right what do we do for the six divided by two gets three makes three Well, you're sixth. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't, what do we have six of? We have six of those the, pieces. The, the, the six are the, each hole has six. And we're going to figure out how many halves are in sixth? Is that how you would read that? And get, th I just don't even know. This, so, okay. so I'm gonna we say to you. You should have told me this is where we were going with this. So we could have looked like we had it. Cause I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't to either. someone that's following us out there, you got to give us. I do remember several, I don't know, several, maybe last year or two years ago, reading that kit on on Twitter had something about this. So we will look it up. <laughs> I remember reading this. Um, I feel like I can make sense 
of and see what's happening in the first strategy, but I can't see, though I can see it works, but I can't see why it works with the model yet. And so I'm not convinced to use it yet. <laughs> so, okay, one more that I did. Okay. One and one six divided by two and one third. Okay, so it changes to seven six mm -hmm. divided by seven thirds. Mm-hmm. Gives you one half. Correct. So I was trying to see if we could see what happened from the sixth to the thirds in our models on this one. Okay, let's try to it. understand why it's a half. All right, so I'm going to draw two bars, but only have. Oops, I didn't make those equal. One and one six filled in, and then not this one. Okay, and then. So divided by seven, it, it, like that's split, taking those seven parts and splitting them up into seven groups, you get one in each group, right? Okay. That's where I'm seeing the seven divided by seven is one. Then six divided by three. So I'm taking two of those six to fill that third. Because the question is, how many thirds are in a sixth? This is a long, awkward pause while I try to figure it out. Can you say it again? Right? I didn't follow This is you. one of those cases where if you were going to, if, like, if you were going to stop me and show me this, how to do the problem when it is so easy to divide across, I would lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, wait. You've got to show me this thing that makes absolutely no sense to draw a box that has some spots and then circle it and then somehow figure, what? When you can just divide across? What in the world? How is this so, a plus? <laughs> I hear you. I'm not saying that we would necessarily do this with students. But I'm saying if all along we say let's not use an algorithm unless we can understand where it comes from, we do that mm -hmm. with long division. We do that with multiplication and putting the placeholder zero and, you know, moving the decimal, quote, air quotes. I'm not really, don't really say that. But, you know, like, why should this particular thing be any different if we can't see it happening? Also, one more answer, one more thing to say to that, Jay, is that... Perhaps we would come to some new understanding of fraction division if we could see this. Like some light bulbs might go off for us as as the teachers if we could make sense of it. Like when when a teacher comes to looking at this and looking at this and, and sort of just stumbles upon the keep keep change flip then they, I feel like they come have a new understanding of what's happening in this operation. So maybe there's something else we have to understand if we can get this model to get a model to work with this air quotes trick. Okay. So did we get there? And, I don't, I, uh, well, I think it has something to do with because those, you, the numerators are seven. It has something to do with the same question of how many thirds are in a sixth. And there's a half of them. 
So if I have seven sets of thirds, how many of those are in seven sets of sixth? Does, does this, does this algorithm, is this an algorithm or is it a trick? What are we calling this? I would say it's an algorithm. I mean, okay. it's not the algorithm, is, but does it's this... something that works all the time. Well, it doesn't work all the time because it works if your numbers are compatible. That's when this one works. But does it also only work when your dividend is smaller than your divisor? Your dividend is larger because division is not commutative. No, this oh. is smaller. No, it works. It, it doesn't have to be that way. I think we've done one of each, right? Because the first one was three and a half divided by two thirds. No, that was where we found common uh, denominators. Okay, wait. Four and four and three six divided by one and a half. It worked there. Right. Okay. And then we're doing one and one six divided by two and one third. Okay. All right. Okay, we're gonna table this because <laughs> we've <laughs> we've confused ourselves and frustrated Jay. He is doing a lot of math over there. I'm kind of excited. Um and we're going to do a little more research. But I, I am glad to understand the, or to see the common denominator one. Right. And so I feel like I need to finish because I don't just teach my students this way. But then we spent, so today the students were introduced to things we already know to be true about division that lead us to using the multiplying by the reciprocal. And the first thing is that if you have a denominator of one or anything divided by one is itself, it keeps its identity. Okay. We know that to be true. And the other thing we know to be true is that you can multiply by a number one in disguise, which is a form of one, which is a fraction with the matching numerator and denominator. Okay. So, oh, and the other thing we know to be true is that every single division problem can be written numerator over top of denominator, mm -hmm. the same thing as dividend over top of divisor. Okay. So they know those three things. So if we have this same problem, 7 sixth divided by 7 thirds, well, if I know I want my denominator to be a whole number of 1, then I have to multiply 7 thirds by something to make it 1, which is where we talk, the reciprocal comes in because that is the definition of reciprocal. The number that you multiply by to get a product of one. So seven thirds by three sevenths gives me one. And because I've done three sevenths on the bottom, I'm also going to multiply it on the top. Hmm. And once you understand that, that bottom step of turning the denominator into a one goes away, it's not necessary, which is why 7 6 times 3 sevenths is now the stay switch flip. Yeah. As you, so, were, as you were explaining that, the piece that I missed was that in order for like how you were explaining it to work, you had written it as 7 6 the fraction over top of big huge, mm -hmm. what is that called? Viniculum? Vinculum? Yeah. What is that word? Vinculum. <laughs> Over <laughs> seven thirds. And then you were trying to get 
seven thirds. I'm saying it back to you so I make sure I've got it. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get s- anything divided by a one is going to be itself. So if you can get the denominator to be one, then you've simplified your life a little bit. I didn't say that on purpose. And then so I'm going to multiply by the reciprocal on the bottom or on the denominator to get one on the bo- on the denominator. And what I do to the denominator, I've got to do to the numerator. So times three sevenths. We're using a couple of cliche math verbiage there. Um, but the reason why we say that what you do to the top is or what you do to the bottom you do to the top is because that is forming a one. That is multiplying by one. So when I have three sevenths on the top divided by three sevenths on the bottom, that itself is a problem that equals one. So you have multiplied your fraction by one, which yeah. means you have renamed it and it's the same. You haven't changed so its value. It's very much like when you simplify five tenths and you divide by five on the top and the bottom. In reality, you are dividing by five fifths. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Me too. Were you following that part? Not exactly. I was doing more. I was working on the algorithm side, trying to, trying to, trying to, I guess, prove the algorithm in my head, not using boxes and circles and dots and snakes. (laughs) So. Cool. And I made it work. So I understand it now. Good. Good. All right. Well, we have some, this is good. It gives us something to think about for next time, which is where can we see this happening of dividing across the top and dividing across the bottom? Um, Something else I may just, I want to throw out there to see if anybody's heard of it. Um, Another teacher shared with me this, oh, I don't know the actual name of it, but it's a Lego, it's a math curriculum maybe or supplemental curriculum that has to do with lego and she shared um some links to it and i just i'll we'll put the link in the show note i apologize i don't know the actual name jay's probably looking it up right now um but i'm just curious if there's anybody else who's used it before and has any feedback or thoughts about it Um, is it fractions with legos it's like everything it's it's an actual curriculum i know we see like things on pinterest where they're like use this but um it's a no, not that one. Um, it's a curriculum that this lady has. It's a, prof- a college professor that she's written. And my friend was went to one of her like PD things about it and was just oh. asking me what I thought about it. So I'm curious if anybody, any of our listeners have tried it out before. Is it totally awesome Lego math activities? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Brick, brick math, maybe? Try that. So on a little side note, I asked my son what he's been watching during this quarantine. And he said he's been watching Lego, uh, some Lego reality show that's like a cooking show. Lego Masters. Oh, okay. The kids and I watched it. It's pretty cool. That's like something that he and his wife can agree on. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It is called Brick Math. Um, Brick Math. So just let us know if you've heard of it and have any feedback. That's we're curious. All right, friend, what um, takeaways do we have today? Oh, wait, did you have some solutions about Edpuzzle while you were researching while oh, we were talking? you had talked about incorporating Edpuzzle into Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was running it through my Google Classroom while we were talking about that earlier. And I was able to, you know, assign it to my Google Classroom. It showed up in the classroom. 
Um, you, you know, I gave it a due date all in Edpuzzle. Once I got in the classroom, I had to, um, and I may have missed the step in Edpuzzle, but once I got in the classroom, I assigned it a, like a grade category and then a topic, you know, to, to organize it better. Um, but yeah, it came right through and showed up and, you know, had a link to the video or link to the, the Edpuzzle page with the video that I had attached to it. And did you just pull a video from like a, a pool per se on Edpuzzle? Or did I could you... have. I had a video of the phases of the moon already set up in Edpuzzle from a, an activity or demo I'd done a, a year or so ago. Oh, okay. So it was one in your account. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, friends. What's your takeaway? Well, I am going to check out Brick Math. Okay, cool. Got me intrigued. Yep. Mine is completely unrelated to anything we talked about today. Great. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Mine mm -hmm. is that uh, the mass of a penny is two point, sorry, two and five tenths grams. I, ha I looked that up today. The mass of a penny <sighs> is two and five tenths? Yep. Why didn't you say two and a half? Um, I don't know. Because when I looked it up on the, on the internet, it was written 2.5, and I didn't want to say 0.5, so I said 2, two and 5 tenths. Okay. That's why. Two and a half grams. Thank you very much. I was trying to figure what I was trying really hard to figure, why, why is it 5 tenths of a gram? Is there something technical that you can't split a gram <laughs> nope. in half? It's just it was written as a decimal, so that's what my brain saw. Oh, okay. okay, how about you? You have a takeaway? <laughs> um, I know how to divide fractions without any of those other things, and I'm okay with that. What do you mean? Without modeling it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Without you know, I got I got frustrated and then I realized, you know, I don't need to get frustrated because I can't understand your model. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. That's all good. And and are you using the keep are you using the multiply by the reciprocal plan? Or were you No, I was trying to figure it out without doing that. Okay. Say so I was I did get a got a common denominator. Okay, good. And then hmm. then the two numerators turn in basically turn into a fraction. Yeah. Nice. And so that's what I was that's cuz I was trying to do it without multiplying by the reciprocal just to see I guess taking one step away from the algorithm to see how it works out. Yeah. Without that flip to see, you know, to see why it works that way. Awesome. Cuz then you divide across the bottom and the bottom's 1. Mm -hmm. And so the first time I had 14 divided by 15 over or 14 over 12 divided by 15 over 12 and i was like man what's 14 divided by 15 duh and then i realized it was over one i'm like oh wait then that's just 14 over 15 yeah cool which is a really cool thing about like that's my favorite thing to teach to see the kids faces and i've missed the kids faces yeah. because i had to just get excited in a video and hope they were just <laughs> as excited <laughs> yeah good luck <laughs> All right, friend. Well, I will see you soon on a run, right? Okay, for right. sure. Bye. 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 Bye.